that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman Webb. Is that really in the Bible? Just recently, actually I've gotten this more than once. Sad to say, sorry to say this, but uh, I've got these kind of comments more than once in my life. But the comment was this about my program on YouTube and cable TV. It says, I wish he would use the set apart names of God. Okay, I don't have any problem with that. But another person said this, I can't listen to him. I cannot listen to him, referring to me, because he doesn't use the sacred names of God. Oh man, you talk about a pea brain mind person who made such a comment. I can't listen to him because he doesn't use the sacred names of God. Now let me educate you about the sacred names of God. Uh, the Hebrew names of God, you know, you, you know, okay, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, the New Testament, Greek. As you study the Bible, you realize God has many names. Elohim, Yahweh, Abba, El Shaddai, Jehovah. Then as you read the Psalms, the Psalmist, you, 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 you realize that, you know, David referred to God by many different names. My rock, my banner my shield, my buckler, my provider, my protector, line of the tribe of Judah. Uh, I am, you know, I am that I am. I mean, the, God has many names. Now, actually, I don't have a problem with people that like to use the sacred names. Some people, when they sing, they, they will, you know, take the word Jesus and they'll turn it into something else. But I, I, really, I really don't have a problem with people that use the, 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 the different the Hebrew names for God. What I have a problem with is those who believe and teach the sacred names doctrine. There is a difference between the two. There are people that just like to use the different name, the Hebrew names of God. No problem with that whatsoever. <clears throat> but then there are those who believe in the sacred names doctrine. And what is the sacred names doctrine? The sacred names doctrine says in order to be saved, You've got to use the Hebrew name of God. That is so much nonsense. I, I tell you, people have sent me letters and emails, and they'll, they'll ask me a question and then proceed to answer the question. And it's, it's sort of disturbing. And then they'll, they'll quote 20 scriptures. They're, they're, and I looked, I thought, I thought they were asking me a question. I was sort of encouraged that they were going to ask me a question. And then they proceeded to answer their own question. And you know what people are really doing is they just want to show how smart they are. So this one guy, you know, he asked me a question and then answered it with 20 different verses and, and flowered through with Hebrew words also. Now, I can't read that stuff. I, I, I haven't mastered English yet. And I'm sure not at this age talking about picking up a different language. But, you know, again, it is, okay, in order to be saved, you got to use the Hebrew name of God. Listen, if speaking Hebrew somehow got you closer to God, that means the average taxi cab driver in Tel Aviv is a lot closer to God than any of us. Okay? 
Now, I want you to imagine a father and a son. And the, maybe the son is drowning in a pool of water, drowning in a lake. And he cries out, Father, save me. And the father crosses his arm and says, no, nope, not until you get my name right. I'm not going to save you. I'm going to let you die in the water, and you're going to let you drown right there. Do you see how petty and small-minded this stuff is? You know, if that's your God, I don't want anything to do with your God. Take your God and go elsewhere. Leave the planet. Leave planet Earth. Take your religion and your God and go out and preach to aliens on some other you know, world or something. But, but don't bring it here. Okay, don't bring it here. Now, how did Jesus address the Father? In Mark 14 and verse 36, and he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Okay, the word Abba, the word Abba means Father. And if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. All right, Matthew 6 and verse 7. But when you pray, use not vain repetition as the heathens do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. And of course, what do you have in church today? You have vain. The very thing Jesus said, don't do it, is the very thing you have in church. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And everybody's saying the same thing over and over again. Jesus said, look, when you pray, don't do that. Don't. But that's another story. That's another story. All right. Uh, Matthew 6 and verse 8, Be not like therefore unto them, for your Father knows what things you have need of before you ask. After this manner therefore pray you, Our Father which are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You call him Father. Okay? How do you address God? You call him Father. Okay. Now, I have found for some, it's, it's a strange, you know, religion has never... I've always been turned off by religion. I never wanted to be a religious person. Now, I have found that people love to look religious. And I want to tell you something. There's a big difference between religious and a truly spiritual person. Now, I like people who are truly spiritual. I like them because they don't, they're not religious, really. But there's a big difference between the two. Big difference between the two. But I was at, uh, one time I was at IHOP eating breakfast, and a nun came in all dressed up in her garb. And, and I don't know, uh, I mean, I probably shouldn't say this, but I say a lot of things I shouldn't say, probably. But, you know, it, it, and forgive me for saying this, but it's like, I don't know if I've ever seen a beautiful nun. It's like, how many beautiful nuns are there? None. But, you know, and maybe Julie Andrew on, on uh, Sound of Music. She was a beautiful nun. Okay. All right. But, but she was all dressed up in her religious garb. And it, I thought to myself, I looked at her and I thought, you know, it would be a cold day in hell before I would ever ask her anything about God. You know, it, it's, the garb is such a turnoff for me. It really is. And, you know, and I, I try to, I make it a point on this program not to look religious, not to sound religious, because my audience, who I'm trying to reach, is the common sinner. Okay, that's who I want to reach. You see, I've done a construction work all my life. Construction work, you got common people. They're good people, but they're just you know, what I call, you know, sort of like the common sinner. You know, they're just living their life, but they're down to earth. That's the kind of people I'm trying to reach. And I, if I start dressing up in some kind of silly looking stuff, I'm never going to reach these people. Never. Never going to reach them. All right, Matthew 23 and verse 5, reading from the New Living Translation. It says, everything they do is for show. Yeah, notice that. Uh, on their arms, they wear extra-wide prayer boxes with scriptures 
versus inside. And they wear robes with extra long tassels. Now that's another thing I've been asked about. How come you don't wear tassels? Now, what you, now a lot of you on this program, because it's a tassel, what, what's a tassel? What, what's a tassel? Well, okay, the, the Israelite, God told the Israelites, he said, now look, I want you to wear this little tassel so that you can look upon it and remember the law of God. It was just a reminder, you know, it's sort of like a rubber band you put around your wrist. What's that doing there? Oh, okay, I was supposed to pick up some milk at the store. All right, all right, wear these tassels, look at them, and remember the law of God. Now, let me tell you why I don't wear tassels. Because I have the indwelling presence of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God trumps the tassel every time, you know. And, and what people overlook is this. The principle of God's law remains the same. The application, how you apply it, can change. The principle, remember the law of God, remains the same. The application, how you apply that, can change. How The application, be baptized, receive the Spirit of God, and I will write my laws I, I, in your heart and in your mind, okay, through my Spirit. I'm going to circumcise the heart, spiritual circumcision, no longer flesh, fleshly circumcision. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to write my laws upon your heart. And my, okay, the principle remains the same. I want you to remember my, my law. The application, how you apply it, can change. And so for me, having the indwelling presence of the Spirit of God is a better reminder than anything that I could wear. Okay, anything that I can wear. And, and again, I don't mind people wearing tassels. We have people in our church uh, that... that a guy that wears tassels. I don't have any problem with it. But often it leads to an ego trip. I am right. All others, you're not doing, you're, ooh, you're not wearing your tassels. You're wrong. Self-righteousness. There are modern day, just like in Jesus' day, his enemy were the Pharisees. We have modern day Pharisees today. And they're on every street corner. You know, my job as a minister, it, it gets, I'm, I'm getting discouraged. I'm getting profoundly discouraged because on one side, if you're truly seeking God, on one side you're going to have the religious lawless society who's going to tell you there's nothing to do. Just believe, just accept, just invite Jesus into The law's been abolished, been nailed to the cross. Okay, that's one group you, you're going to find out about. The other group are the modern-day Pharisees who are going to try to tell you you've got to do everything in the Bible just exactly like it says to do it. And what people don't, what they overlook is the principle of God's law remains the same. The application, how you apply it can change. Let me give you an example. The, God told the Israelites to, to put a railing on the roof of their house. Now a modern day Pharisee would put a railing on a roof home. It's blind obedience. It's blind obedience. It says it right there in the Bible. Okay, do it. Blind, they don't think. Okay, they don't think. All right. Back then, the Jewish homes had flat roofs. And God says, put a railing on there so that you don't fall off and get hurt. Okay. Principle remains the same. Safety, protection for your wife, for your children, for your family, for other people. The application, how you apply it, can change. Those, that law... Put a railing around the roof of your house is built into our building codes today. Not only is it a railing, it's a railing on a deck is over 32 inches, it's a railing on staircases, it's a railing, railings, yeah. The principle of God's law remains the same. The application, how you apply it, can change. And I tell you, I've just seen too many people take these laws and end up on an ego trip of self-righteousness, they become a modern-day Pharisee. And those people 
can lead you astray just as much as the anti, the no law theology can lead you. Both can lead you astray away out from a relationship with God. There is the middle of the road that you're supposed to stay on and you're supposed to have some common sense here. You know, I had, we had a guy one time in our church wearing tassels and I'm not kidding you. I am not, I wish I was kidding you. I wish I, wish I was making this stuff up, but it's the truth. His tassel, is, he had tassels is like tassels on Viagra. It, they started out about that long. And, and, and as he kept coming, they got longer and longer. Before it was over with, they were a foot long. Tassels on Viagra. I, I wish I was making this stuff up. But they got longer and longer and longer. And, uh, you know, ego trip. Ego trip. My tassels are longer than your tassels. I am more righteous than you are. Okay. All right. Now, as far as wearing stuff, put this in your pipe and smoke it. You want to wear something? Let's wear sackcloth and ashes as a nation. If you live in America, I tell you what America needs to put on, sackcloth and ashes. We need to repent of our vile sins in our government, in our media, in our entertainment, in our music. We need to, we need to be wearing sackcloth and ashes. If we want to wear something, we don't need to be walking around with stuff hanging off of it and say, hey, look at me, I am religious. Oh no, we need sackcloth and ashes. But even that can be turned into an ego trip. I say that, better, better be careful about what I'm saying, wear sackcloth and ashes, but even that can be turned. Humility can be turned into an ego trip. I'll never forget, there used to be a guy in our church, I don't know how he got, uh, who asked him to speak, but he, was, he had a pretense of humility. And he would approach the podium like this. He'd, he'd come up like this and, and just bent over. And, and everybody thought he was humble. You know, oh, he's so humble, he can't even hold his head up. I wanted to kick him in the, you know, and, uh, and, and, and say, wake up, guy. Quit, quit, quit the facade. Quit the fakery. Quit, you know, there's so many people out there, they're like an onion. You just start peeling away and there's nothing left. There's, it's all a facade. It's all a facade. As Jesus said, you know, they're, they're full of dead men's bones, tombs, it's full of dead men's bones. I mean, it just, just, you know, it's nothing there. It's nothing real. Now, what I'm saying is none of this stuff has to do with a relationship with God. What we wear, how we say God's name, a relationship with God consists of several things. Number one, you've got to have the Spirit of God. And it has to do with overcoming, overcoming sin, dealing with the lust of the flesh, treating others with respect, treating your fellow man with respect. And, you know, I, I don't like religion. You know, I did a little thing not long ago, uh, many years ago. You might be a Pharisee. Since we're on the subject of modern-day Phariseeism, let me, let me just give you some of these. I can send you all of them, by the way. If you need a concordance to do a word study on pronouns, you might be a Pharisee. Uh, uh, if figuring out the name of God takes longer than 60 seconds, uh, you might be a Pharisee. If God will not answer to the name Father, you might be a Pharisee. If determining pork byproducts become a compulsive, obsessive disorder, you might be a Pharisee. If your theological studies are on, the, on determining the depth of the sea of glass, if you agonize over where, whether Adam had a navel, you might be a Pharisee. Yeah, I mean, the stuff people talk about when it comes to religion, most of it is totally irrelevant. I was at a restaurant one time, there was a couple of religious nuts in there, and they were talking about in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. It's the resurrection chapter, when dead people come back to life. And this guy had figured out what in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, that it was so many milliseconds. And I'm thinking, man, he missed the point entirely. He's reading about the resurrection chapter. And he's got it figured out 
that what in a moment, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, there's so many milliseconds. I mean, we're talking about when dead people come back to life. Christ returns, raise the dead. That's something to talk about. I don't give a rat's behind how quick it is or how many milliseconds it is. I do not care. Okay, you might be a Pharisee. If you can't figure out when the sun sets, you might be a Pharisee. If words like new moon, conjunction, equinox, and round disc are a regular part of your vocabulary, you might be a Pharisee. If, if a fly lands in holy water, is the fly sanctified or is the water polluted? If this is an intriguing question, if you like that question, you might be a modern-day Pharisee. More importantly, if you know the answer to that question, you are a modern-day Pharisee. Yeah. Now, in John 13 and verse uh, 35, Jesus said this. <clears throat> he said, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you say my name right, if you look religious, if you get all your doctrines right, you're going to know that you are my disciple. No, it doesn't say that. It says, it, by this shall all men know that you are my disciple if you have love for one another. Let me tell you, while I'm mentioning this, let me, let me just talk to you about getting all your doctrines right. Let me, let me show you something. Let me educate you about getting all your doctrines right, something that you, you've never thought about. Matthew 5 and verse 18. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Whosoever, therefore, shall break one of these least commandments, and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now let me tell you something. Standing beside you on that sea of glass, the first resurrection, some, there are going to be some people, few I admit, but few, are going to be standing right beside you in that first resurrection who never kept the Sabbath day. There are going to be some who never kept the holy days of God standing right beside you in that first resurrection. There are going to be some people who never knew anything about any type of sacred name of God, and they never heard anything about wearing a tassel. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not talking about these people are going to be given a license to sin. I'm not talking about that. Let's take a look at it again, see what your Bible says. Matthew 5 and verse 19. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called least in the kingdom of God of heaven. Yeah, they broke the commandments and they taught others to break the commandments and they're going to be called the least in the kingdom of God. And, and I personally don't want to be called least. That's why I believe in obeying God because I don't want to be getting, you know, I don't want to be the bottom, bottom man on a totem pole right there, you know. Yeah, that's the least. He went around teaching people they didn't have to, you didn't have to obey God. All the commandments were abolished, you know, the least. You know, I, I don't want to be called the least, okay? I would rather, my ego says, I would rather be called great. Okay, that's what my ego says. So I'm, it appease my ego there. Okay, all right. Now, you might be asking, well, how do these people make it into the kingdom of God anyway? Well, the same way you make it, by God's grace, by God's grace. You see, these people, few in number, I admit, they are basically good people and their heart is right. When God tells them, hey folks, around here, we keep the seventh day Sabbath. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes. Whatever you say, Lord. Folks, around here, we keep 
the annual holy days. In this kingdom, we keep the annual holy days. Yes, yes, Lord, whatever you say. They, they, they're going to have a submissive heart, and God looks at the heart. Can the person be told what to do? That's what God looks at. Now, here's the question. If they will listen to God then, when he returns and sets up his kingdom, if they will listen to God then, then why won't they listen to you now? Why don't they listen to us now when we tell them that they're wrong? Let me tell you why. Because you love being right. There is an issue of modern day Phariseeism in the church of God that is a stench in the nostrils of God. You love being right. You love beating people over the head with your truth. Well, you're, they're not doing this and we got the truth. They're not wearing that. They're not saying that name right. They're not doing this, that, and that, and that. And we are. And we've got it right. You love being right more than you love people. That's your problem. That's your problem. Now in James 3 and verse 17 says this, But the wisdom that is from above, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Did you notice that? I mean, this is an outline as to how you are to preach, how you are to do evangelism, you know. The wisdom that is from God. Is first pure. It's peaceable. It's gentle. It's easy to be entreated. And it's full of good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, you know, this is why so many people don't get disciples. And when you do get a disciple, you make them twofold a child of hell than yourself. This is why we don't get disciples. And, and the disciples that we do get are just as crazy as we are. You know, you think you have truth, and maybe you do have some truth, but you don't have any wisdom in sharing the truth. Now, listen, don't think I'm judging you. Look, a lot of this I have learned from personal experience, that getting all your doctrines right is not where it's at. Getting all your doctrines right is not going to save your rear end. It's just not. It's not going to save you. And what it often creates is nothing more than what I call modern-day Phariseeism. Modern-day Phariseeism. And I don't know which one's worse. I don't know which one's the worst. I don't know if, it, if it's the lawless people, lawless religious people out there, no law theology, or if it's the modern-day Pharisees that, that both will lead you astray in the end. They will lead you away from God. So when we set out to evangelize others, this is how you do it. James 3 and verse 17. I'm repeating myself. Okay. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now let's come back to this statement. In order to be saved, you've got to use the Hebrew names of God. All right, let's, let's conclude with this verse here. Revelation 19 and verse 12. Speaking of Jesus Christ, when he returns to this earth, it says his eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but himself. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Read it. Understand it. Understand what your Bible is telling you. Understand the words of Jesus. 
he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. Now, where does this lead to sacred namers? Well, this, the, the, it leaves you basically in the dark. That's where it leaves you, in the dark. When it comes to this stuff of you got to say the name a certain way or whatever, that's where it leaves you. Jesus said, when you pray, say, Abba, Father. You refer to him as your father. That's what Jesus tells us to do. And that's what's really in your Bible. If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program, this program has been paid for by the tithes and offerings of the Church of God Rocky Mount and friends of this ministry. If you have been challenged by listening to this program, then consider that a great blessing. You can visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net. It is the support of people like you that make this ministry possible. If you have been blessed by this understanding given to you today, then consider making a donation by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount. 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net.